I want you to imagine that you were hiking somewhere in the wilderness and you started off knowing exactly which direction you needed to go. And then at some point along the way, you weren't so sure. You looked for your compass, you'd forgotten to bring it. You didn't have a GPS. How are you gonna find your way again? Well, one way you might do that is to climb up to the highest point you can find, maybe a tall hill or something where you can get a vantage point for everything around you. Climb up to that high hill, then look around and see if you can see anything that looks familiar. Maybe a place that you had been already. So imagine you're on the top of that hill and you're looking over and you say, I think I see my starting place. I think I see that river I crossed a few hours ago. I I think I see that rock formation where I stopped to have lunch. Then you could sort of see where you've come from. You could say, I can sort of trace those points. I'm supposed to go that way. The idea is this. Sometimes the best way to determine where God is leading you forward is to turn around and see how has he been leading us Mm -hmm. up to this point? You need to look backward sometimes to know where to go. And our elder team has been doing that as we're celebrating 25 years of God's faithfulness as a church. We've been looking backward and we've been looking forward. I wanna share with you just a brief recap, a a quick short recent history in Fellowships Church. You know, we've gone back a few weeks ago. We went back 25 years. I just want to take you back two and a half years ago. And I just want to read some things to you with this idea that God is calling us to a step of faith in this season. And so let me take you back to two and a half years ago. It was the spring of 2001. Our elders had sensed a pattern of God's generosity in and through our body that honestly was really remarkable. And I remember a meeting, it was a retreat that we had early in 2021 where our elder team said, we don't understand all that this is about, but it seems as if the spirit of God, the wind of God is blowing and we want to put up our sails. We want to catch that wind. And so we invited you to take a step of faith through a series called Generous God. This was in the spring of 2021. Let me just review for you what happened after that. On May 9th, 2021, we had a celebration service on the Brentwood lawn, where we announced the total amount given in just the three or four weeks that we were in that Generous God series. Not only was it enough to pay off our debt, our mortgage at the Brentwood property, but it was enough left over to help El Shaddai Christian Church rebuild their building and almost a million dollars even more above that that we gave away to the world. Less than a year after that, the winter of 2022, God brought an unexpected opportunity to sell a portion of land at our Brentwood campus that we had no plans for. We didn't understand it at the time, but through that sale, God was providing the money we needed to purchase land for our Franklin campus that we hadn't even identified yet, but was about to be. Fast forward less than another year later, God moved in the hearts of a family in the city of Franklin or just south of Franklin who have a wonderful piece of property. He changed their plans. They had one set of plans for it. God moved in their hearts. They changed their plans and they said, we want to sell this to you for less than the market value because they want us to be on that piece of property. We're right now working through the approval process with the city of Franklin on that property, as you all know. Meanwhile, in the last two years, our global Christmas offerings have been the largest ones that we've ever had in our history at Fellowship Bible Church. 
That's been a tremendous blessing to our partners around the world in these last two or three years when they've needed it most. Throughout all of this, because we haven't had any debt and because of the generosity of this body, we've been able to save, anticipating where God would lead us as the wind just keeps blowing stronger and stronger. I tell you all that because those are the events that have led us to this season where we are right now. That, that's our immediate past. That's what we're looking behind and saying, I think God seems to be leading us somewhere, leading us this direction. And this season we're entering into where God, we believe, is calling us as a church to take a big step of faith. So let me remind you of the mission that God has given us and new clarity around our mission statement just from the last year. We'll put this on the screen if we can. Our mission is becoming a community of people who follow Jesus with our whole heart and help others do the same. God's given us a clear mission and he's given us the resources to go after this mission with everything we've got. And as our elder team has prayed about the next steps, it really just sort of struck us that God's put us in a unique position right now to address the two biggest long-term facility challenges that we have at our campuses, one at Brentwood and one at Franklin. And Y'all, these aren't just inconveniences. These are things we've been praying about and talking about for years that have been hindering our mission or, or are in danger of doing so. And so here's the step of faith. We believe God is leading us to address both of these facility needs without any debt, without taking any debt. That's a step of faith. That's saying God will move if you move and will only move as far as you move. Whatever you put in our hands, that's, where, that's how far we'll go and no further. Uh, let me just briefly overview for you. What are these two facility challenges? One's at Brentwood campus, one's at Franklin campus. First, what you'll see on the screen here are just our, our two campuses. God's given us an incredible space. 20 years ago, we, we came on that property at Brentwood campus. 11 years ago, we leased this space down in South Franklin. Both of these spaces have served us very, very well. But what's the primary challenge at our Brentwood campus? The primary challenge at our Brentwood campus is a lack of community space. When I say community space... I mean space where community happens. It doesn't happen in our worship center, not, not, not easily. It doesn't happen in that tiny arcade that's basically just a, a pass-through hallway. We've been praying about space where we can become a community of people. That's the first part of our mission statement. We've needed that for a long time. That's our primary challenge at Brentwood. Let's talk about our primary challenge at our Franklin campus. Our space is limited and leased now, I, I think you understand what that means. We've outgrown our space, but honestly, that's not the greatest challenge. The greatest challenge is because we're in lease space and we've grown to a space that we can't fit in any other lease space. At some point in time, our landlord will come and say, it's been great to have you as tenants, but we've got other plans for this building. We've got other plans for this warehouse. What we need at Franklin is a permanent home. And we've needed that for a long time, as you all are aware. We've been praying to that end and God's been moving. So we want to spend just a few minutes, Lloyd and I both this morning, talking about where we believe God is leading us in this. And if you've been to one of our town hall meetings, which I know many of you did, you've heard a lot more depth than this. We're not going to go in that much detail this morning. But I do want to say, on your way out today, we want to encourage everyone to grab one of these. They'll be in tables on your way out. Now, if you went to one of our town halls, you might say that looks familiar. This is a different one. It's a new one. It's got much more information. All the information's in here with a lot of pictures, 
more pictures than what we're going to have time to show you this morning. So everybody, if you're a child, if you're a student, if you're an adult, we want everybody to get one of these today on your way out. Let's talk about our Brentwood campus first. And I'm just going to overview this really quickly. We'll, we'll put on the screen uh, a drawing, kind of an artist's illustration of what we're imagining and praying about our Brentwood campus. You'll notice the, the most significant addition would be the Connections building. That would be a building that would join between our worship center and our learning center. It's not just going to be a hallway. Picture something that would be large enough for us to gather, large enough where we could have conversation, get a cup of coffee, gather during the week to sit and study God's word together. We imagine a multi-use venue that could be used on Sunday mornings as a gathering in a lobby area and throughout the week for different gatherings and Bible studies. We imagine some space in this building to do some adult equipping classes, even on Sunday morning. Now, I also want to show you the outdoor space. God's put us on a gorgeous campus. We want to maximize that for relationships, for connection. So you can see walking trails. You can see the, the plaza. Uh, we'd love to move the playground from the front yard to the backyard. We'd love to put in an amphitheater over to the side of that pond. We'd love to put in a prayer chapel. We want to use the space, steward the space that God has given us over these last 20 years and create a whole campus designed for relational disciple-making. We would also love to renovate our worship center. Again, we're going to see what God puts in our hands, but we'd love to renovate that worship center. It's been 20 years. It's time for a little bit of a, of a refresh, and we'd love to add some seats into that space so we could get back to two worship services. That would be our desire. So that's where God is leading us on the Brentwood campus. Very exciting. You can imagine people coming, hanging after church, wanting to spill out into that lawn and enjoy community together. One of the things that I don't know if you mentioned I missed it. I'm over here with the pointer. I'm actually having fun doing this. But the proposed porch, the porch area coming off the back of that. Can you imagine, you know, at Brentwood coming out of the glass, coming out of the back of the worship center and then going doors that go out into an extended porch with furniture, et cetera, that we all can enjoy. One of the things that's so uh, amazing about this. I, I've said this in our town hall meetings. You've heard me say this, but man, I have experienced tons of deja vu uh, with this because what we're talking about today and what we've been talking about at these town hall meetings, uh, we were talking about some 20 years ago with about five rows of people, okay, that, that took a step of faith, honestly, to put that piece of property there at Brentwood. Rob, began to show me the plans that they, the elder team, the exec team had been working on. And I said, Rob, you know that we had a, you know, our original plan was to connect those buildings with space. And he said, you're kidding me. So I ran upstairs. We got a loft in our office. I ran upstairs and I grabbed, this is, this is the, now you can't see it from there, but I'll put it on the screen. This is the original Earl Swenson and Associates drawing that we held up to a small group of people and said, can you believe and can we believe God for this space? Like this is the original, the one I'm holding. So we would hold it in meetings. And when you look up on the screen, it's, it's marked for you. But what's there that's not there? The middle building. The, we had called it an entry pavilion then. And we had to take it off because we couldn't afford it. And so we removed that. And the amazing thing to me is in God's providence, you all. It's like we've been able to use that space for some 20 years and now we know exactly how we would wanna utilize the space between those two. And so 
what many of us couldn't do some 20 years ago, all of us together, y'all, we're gonna do it now. We are gonna put that space in and it will, it will change the culture at our Brentwood campus. I, I believe it will. When Lloyd showed me that original board, that was one of those God moments for me because I honestly didn't understand that. And I thought, we're gonna have an opportunity if God allows us to, to finish what some of you in the room, Lloyd included and others, were dreaming about 20 years ago. I would love to finish yeah. that. And I think you're right. It will be a different culture, a different church, people connecting better, becoming a community of people. There's a lot more information about that in this. You'll get it on the way out. Let's talk about Franklin. Let's talk about our Franklin campus and what we're dreaming about for that. You know, the property that has been identified, and again, be prayer for us. We're in a process with the city of Franklin. We're praying that, that God will open their hearts to us being on this property. It's Lewisburg Pike. You can kind of see just the, the tip corner in the upper right there. It runs kind of north-south. And then there on, on the left, you see what we're dreaming about with the campus. We want to, Lord willing create something that's very reminiscent and, and very connected to our current Brentwood campus. You know, most churches are just a building in a parking lot. And God uses that. But we've just seen what it's like to be in a space at that Brentwood campus where literally entering the property puts you in a place of worship. And so that's our hope and that's our prayer. And this property would allow us for that. So you can see just some early drawings of what that would look like, a worship center, connection space, children's center, a pond, some sports courts. Uh, there's an existing home there uh, that's 10,000 square feet that we would, comes with part of the deal. Again, it's a remarkable fit for what we've been praying for y'all for eight or nine years. Now, when you look at that picture, and again, there's a lot more details and, and images and drawings here in this book. When you look at that, what church does that remind you of? It's fellowship. <laughs> you know, it's fellowship. It's, it's our Brentwood campus. In fact, Joe, yeah, put, put the two of these next to each other. Would, would, would God be so good that he might say, all right, in the north part of Williamson County and the south part of Williamson County, we would have two campuses like this. And, and again, we're hopeful. It appears that this is the direction that God's been leading us just through a series of, of re remarkable things. How many of you have driven by that property? Just let me see how many have driven over there. It is, it is beautiful. And when you look at that space from the road, y'all, there's... It's just, all you see is a green hill sloping up, you, with, you know, when you drive by there. And then when you crest the hill, which is right here, this little valley opens up below uh, that we could one day put our Franklin campus. Uh, speaking of, of deja vu, I went out there last winter, this past winter, the elders invited me to come with them as they were praying about this, the possibility of this property. And we shot a few pictures of this. And I think this is so fun to see on your left that, you know what that is. That's the Brentwood property on your right. That's the Franklin property. They are just so similar. There's a barn on that Franklin property that uh, the elders walked through. And man, right when I hit that barn, I went, this smells familiar. I mean, it smells like that tube at Brentwood smelled. And it is, I just want us to, to, to sit for a moment in God's goodness to us, his favor, his blessing, his providence, that as Rob said, more than, more than a building in a parking lot and we come in and go out, that God might put in our hands 
in two locations, north and south in Williamson County, along that corridor called I-65, the opportunity for us to serve this community from those two kingdom outposts and all of Middle Tennessee, and of course, we know this, all of the world. It is mind-boggling what he's up to and what the Spirit is leading and how he's leading, and we wanna follow. Amen. Let's talk about the resources needed and the resources that God has already put in our hands. You see on the screen here, just a summary. To, to build what you've just seen on, this, on those slides, $23 million. But here's the incredible news about this is we already have eight. Now you're saying, well, how do we already have eight? Because we paid off our mortgage, we've been able to be saving money, knowing that this day would come. So right now today, of that eight, five is ready to go, cash ready to go. Over the three years of this campaign, because it will be a three-year giving opportunity for us as a body, we will be able to save a million dollars a year. That's been our pattern over the last several years to add to that five to get to eight. Now, 23 minus eight is 15. Here's the amazing thing about this, as we thought about this. The money to purchase the land has already been accounted for. It, it's not even on this screen. If you add that in there, the total project cost for the land and the buildings, Brentwood, we already have the land, but build the buildings. Franklin, acquire the land, build the buildings. 30 million project, $30 million project approximately. And God said, you're already halfway there. You already have the resources right here that he's put in our hands. 15 of the 30. And so what we're gonna do, just very courageously real, taking a step of faith to see what God does is we're gonna say, let's open our hands. Let's see what God will do. Over the next three years, could we as a body say, we're gonna give above and beyond this money to establish these two places where God would work for the future generation? That's the step of faith that we believe that God has been calling us to. And I want to give you a perspective on 15 million. You may be thinking, is that a big deal for a church our size? It is. Is it impossible? Let's go back to what we said before. There's nothing that our God can't do. But I want to give you some context for this. You know, we've done a lot of benchmarking and research and a church our size with the giving patterns, a three-year campaign. You know, we might say $10 million would be expected. Maybe 12 million would be a really good campaign. 15's a stretch. 15's a step of faith. And I want you all to know, if we fall short of the 15, we'll use what God places in our hand. We'll scale back. We'll wait. We'll just go where he tells us to go. But I believe he may have something special in store for us because of the way he's been leading us. So we want to invite you into that this morning. We want to invite you to pray, and we want to invite you on a journey. So before I go to this journey, because I think they see it because I keep seeing it, I'm half Japanese, so I've watched a lot of Godzilla movies. And the lips, <laughs> the lips are behind the words. Are y'all with me on this? I looked at Ram and I said, man, this looks like a Godzilla movie. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sorry. It's just I guess, funny to I me. Guess I guess you can say that. I guess I, I, guess I can say that. Yeah. So if you're looking at me back here, it's, it's a little behind my words in your ears. <laughs> we are going on a a journey of generosity. You say, why would you, why would you, no, no, you're asking us to give 15 million. Well, <laughs> yes, but it's a journey of generosity. Why would we frame it that way? And, and, and I believe me when I say this, the elders that Rob, the leadership team, it's uh, the 15 million is, is not the ultimate goal. 
The ultimate goal is that we would follow Jesus with our whole heart and help others do the same. And when we do, I'm just, when a people does that, and it's you all, you are that people, we are that people together, then the 15 million enables us to do something that over the next several decades, a hundred million dollars will flow through our hands. I believe that because generosity is living with the hands open. It's, it's living with our hands open such that what God puts in our hands, it flows through. And you, you know, if you're new to fellowship, just know this. We, we didn't realize when the church was planned that we're in one of the wealthiest counties in America. And rather than run from that, we ran to it and said, God, in your providence, we're here. May we be a people in a community that has wealth, that helps those people come to Christ such that that wealth is unleashed, unleashed in our community around the world. And you've done it. Rob just talked about our past history. You've done it. We've done it. And so the ultimate goal, right, is a journey of generosity because that's following Jesus. We're going to follow Jesus' own words, even as he invited those to follow him. And we'll take these four words. There are four calls, I'll call it, to the journey of generosity. And the first is come. It's just come. What did Jesus say as he walked through Israel and he looked at his first disciples? He said, come. In other words, come to me. Come with me. Now, when you think of come in this process, one of the first things we do in coming to Jesus is we pray. Coming is praying. We come, I'm gonna take Jesus' words again. We come, and Jesus said to his first disciples, he said, come, and then he said, and see. Come and see. See what? See God at work in ways that you can't see with your earthly eyes. Only spirit-empowered eyes can see. And what did they see, you all? In time, they saw God at work through the God-man Jesus in ways that the world around them didn't see. You remember the story of Elisha and his servant in, in uh, 2 Kings 6? The Syrian army had surrounded Elisha and his servant because they were going to kill Elisha. His servant goes out and looks and be like me looking at this crowd going, oh my gosh, Elisha, there's a crowd. The army's out there. We're dead. And Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes. That's all he prayed. Open his eyes. And his eyes were open. And now what did the servant see? He saw what Elijah had seen all along. The armies of God surrounding the Syrian army. In this process, mark our words. If we come and prayerfully see, we together will see God do things in our individual lives, in our corporate lives that the world can't see, but God will provide, protect, keep. He will do things in this process that change us. Come, see, and then give. This is Jesus's call. Now, Jesus framed it this way, and we used to have this in our mission. This is what the, the mission of fellowship was planted around, maturing in the faith and giving our lives away. Now, Jesus said it like this. If you try to hang on to your life, Matthew 16, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, 
you will save it. That's the give. See, the first give is not the check. The first give is your life. The biggest give is I give my all, Jesus. I'm gonna follow you with my whole heart. And when, that, when, when a people does that, y'all, oh my gosh, the book of Acts, small band of people, turn the world upside down. We might say it, turn the world right side up. They'll be a generous people. <laughs> and in that way, they begin to live in such a way that they're not holding. What, what is a generous people do? They're distributing. You receive it, God gives, and then we distribute it. And that's what we'll do. Come see, give is generosity. Come see, give, and then live. And then live. Y'all, this is the promise of Jesus. John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it. What's the next word? Say it. You know it. Abundantly. What is that abundantly? It's an overflowing life. Hear, Hear us on this. The abundant life Jesus promised is not a full life. It's an overflowing life. It's a fullness that overflows. Well, why does it overflow? So that others can live. And that's where the cycle goes complete. Come, see, give, live. And when we do, what happens? We invite others to come, see, give, and live. Living in this way, you all, becomes a virtuous cycle of generosity. You see that? It never ends. It never ends. It just keeps going. And when we are coming and seeing and giving and living by the power of the spirit in this way. Listen, we're giving the life of Christ to those who don't know him and desperately need him. That's the abundant life. That's the generous journey. And y'all hear us when we say this, this is what we're inviting everyone on over these next four weeks. I was talking to someone at our office this week. It was actually somebody that we were interviewing for a staff role, and they asked me, what are you praying about for the next year and the next three years at Fellowship? And of course, all this is in my mind. And, and what, what I said, and this is completely genuine, is I'm praying that our body would, would, would get this. And I'm not praying about the money. I, I want y'all to know there's, there's something about the posture of, the, of our elder team just saying, we'll go as far as God leads us. That's just kind of relaxed me. I, I have absolutely no fear about, will we hit that mark? Will we not hit that mark? I don't know. I believe in God. But what I don't want is I don't want any of us to miss this, that there's a way of living that Jesus modeled for us and then empowers us to live that will change you. So there's no question these next three or four weeks are gonna change our church. They also have the opportunity to change you and change your family. And that's my hope and that's my prayer. So as Lloyd said, that's what we're gonna turn our attention to the next three weeks in our teaching. Come, see, give, live. We're gonna talk about how Jesus modeled this. We're gonna talk about where in the scripture we see this. We're gonna unpack this cycle because we want this to stick with us regardless of whatever happens and what God does with the money part of this. Now, let me encourage you to get on the journey. How do you get on the journey? Well, one, 
Come to church every Sunday in the next three. Try not to miss if you can, because they're all going to matter and they all build together. Number two, and I want to invite you to do something right now. Take out your phones. If you haven't already signed up, take out your phone right now and sign up for the 21-day text devotional that starts tomorrow at 6 a.m. These little devotionals are going to be a big part of how we go on this journey together. It's going to be walking us through this cycle. Come, see, live, give. Text the word follow to 833-693-2286. Do this right now. It's kind of your last opportunity to do this before they start tomorrow. Now, if you don't get a confirmation message, it's possible that at some point you did a stop text to that message. And if that's the case and you want to be a part of this, text the word unstop. And then you can text the word follow and you'll be right in there. If you've got any questions, reach out to us because we want everybody that calls fellowship, their home church, be a part of this. Students, get in on it. Okay, I've got one daughter home with a phone, one daughter with an iPad. Y'all can both be on it. Get on it. Actually, I don't know if the iPad can do it. Whatever. Stay on task. (laughs) Here's the second thing we're going to do. At the end of this series, the night before our final Sunday, we're going to have a prayer vigil. It's going to be at both campuses. It's going to be at our Brentwood campus and our Franklin campus. It's going to go from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. We're going to invite everybody to come to one hour. You'll sign up for one hour to come. There'll be some worship. There'll be some prayer. We'll have an opportunity to walk the campus. It's going to be a really rich time together. This is the night before the final Sunday, which will be our Commitment Sunday. So what you'll see on the screen right now is just a little image. We're going to say this is where we feel God's leading us to give, a three-year commitment that we're giving as a family I'm giving as an individual. And then part of that will be a first gift. And then you'll be able to let us know the remainder that will come annually, monthly, weekly, whatever. And, and, and we'll walk you through that as we get closer. But I want to kind of start with that end in mind. This is what the journey is going to be on together. But the most important part is going to be learning together what God is calling us to come, see, give, and live. Y'all, the, the prayer vigil, if I could say this, we did this uh, it's been a few years since we did this and we did one hour slots. There's something profound about the wee hours. <laughs> I'm not saying everybody does this, but I mean it in the, you know, the 2 a.m. to 4 to 5. There's something when we were on the camp. I just remember that just the special time when we were walking the campus and we we're doing those things. But if we're following the spirit, we trust we are. It will take us to prayer. It's the, it's the first, the spirit will take us to prayer, that, to that place of dependence. Uh, Rob and I, uh, I don't think we've said it here, but in our town hall meetings, we've said this over and over. When we're thinking about facilities, we say facilities facilitate mission. It's just not a campaign phrase. It's the truth. Facilities facilitate mission. Now, in the Fall of 1997, so I'm going back 26 years, there was a small group of people that were planting Fellowship Bible Church, and we were in Franklin High School, and you know, we haven't, you know, we say facilities facilitate mission, but what we haven't said, and what's true is something that group was feeling, you know, we're in the cafeteria at the old Franklin High School, and That group was feeling this, you know, yes, facilities facilitate mission. We need to have a facility, but we also need some stuff. (laughs) We also need some equipment. We also need some resources to make this high school a place of worship. 
And so what that small band of people did, it's about 35 families, is we, we, we said there's a company that was just getting started at the time called Portable Church Industries. And so they were putting together these packages and they would put together a custom package for your church, whether you're meeting in a theater, a community center, or a high school. And uh, you would tell them what you need, you'd tell them your size, and you'd buy this prepackaged deal. And it was at least 15 of these crates. And inside those crates, okay, all 15, was everything you needed from cribs in a nursery right down to the wipes and toys. It's all packaged in there all the way to the sound system that you need to take you know, an auditorium and turn it into a place of worship. And so we went to the 35 families and we said, this is what, what we need. And by the way, I remember we, we, we went for the higher cost on the sound system because we were in Nashville and we just said, we're gonna spend it. And y'all, it bumped the price up significantly. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you, just raise your hand. Because I don't want, How many of you ever pushed one of these through the high school at Franklin? There's still some hands here. All right, here's another question. How many of you were little kids and actually rode on top of these when we rolled them through the hall? Anybody? Seriously, y'all remember this? Y'all, we would put our kids on top of these things and just blow through the hallways at Franklin High. And we'd tell them, get down, because you go through these areas, you know, where the roof was like, lay your head. But there are, I can't, there are some kids in here that rode on the top of these. The cost was $75,000. And I'm telling you in that, in, you know, again, I'm talking to about six, you know, six rows and we're saying we need $75,000 to do this. It could have been 7.5 million to that group. A week ago, uh, two families that were in the original Bible study that started Fellowship Bible Church, uh, Matt and Gigi McMurray, Jay and Laura Louder, we asked them to sit down and reflect on what was going through them when the ask came for $75,000 for this thing called a portable church. What were you thinking? What were you feeling? And what did God do in you through that season? Here's their story in their words. Oh, yeah, this is where it all starts. I uh, woke up about 4.15, showered and shaved, about ready to pull out a little before 5 a.m. I, I just thought it was crazy. It, it didn't make any sense to me about a church in a box. Now, when it arrived and we started using it, I couldn't believe of how useful and what a great investment it was to have it. Even though it was just silly signs hanging up and our own PA and stuff, it felt like our church. Before then, we were just meeting in homes and a church. We were just committed people. Now we had taken a financial step. I think it gave us more of a purpose on a Sunday morning that we had these certain jobs to do, roll these carts out, set up the rooms and have our own things. The way it built the camaraderie among people, um, not just to show up and sit in a pew, but to be a part of bringing everything in and setting it up, like in the literal 
muscle power, blood, sweat, and tears that went into it, that created something that was intangible. I think the Portable Church helped to transform Franklin High School into a, a sanctuary, a learning center uh, for the kids. It, it really started to feel like a real church instead of a high school. People started coming and we knew something big was happening. At least for us, it was a tough financial time. It wasn't a Hallmark moment where we all had the money and it's all, it was a tough decision. It, it was a sacrifice for us. And um, what I love about the whole situation is no matter how much you gave, you were a part of what was going on. And um, so that part of it, we were all in no matter what it was that we were doing. I remember that either Jeff or Lloyd said, like, you want to be a part of this, a part of the giving specifically of the $75,000 because what it's going to mean for your fate. And I honestly think if we hadn't been challenged in that way, I'm not sure we would have given to because it was such a large amount and we were financially strapped. Um, we had just bought a house. Uh, I think, Matt, you had just lost your job. And so I just don't know that we would have participated, but I'm so glad we did. My name is Mark Irving, and I have the privilege of serving as one of the pastors at Fellowship Nashville, which started out in 2016 as a campus, a northern campus of Fellowship Bible Church, um, but was spun off in 2018 as an independent congregation. In 2016, when Fellowship Bible Church was launching this new campus up in the city, Fellowship Bible Church invested what, by well over $100,000 into portable church equipment. And some of that was used in the early days of, of Fellowship Bible Church. We, um, by God's grace, were able to build a facility. And I came into contact with a young church planter, found out where he was in his stage, and I said, hey, we have all this equipment that was given to us, and we'd love to pass it on to you. The generosity of people 25 years ago that helped get Fellowship Bible Church up and going, God was generous to them and they gave. That generosity blessed Fellowship Nashville. And now we're praying, God, help us to continue to be conduits of your love, your grace, your generosity, because we want to see the gospel multiplied in our city and around the world. It's been incredible to me to see how generous this body has been. Uh, in the beginning and through each different season that we've been through with the church and to see the ministries that we support overseas and the ministries you know, in our community here and the lives that have been impacted because of our generosity. One of the things I thought of is how God uses an imperfect church full of imperfect people who desire to serve Jesus wholeheartedly and give whatever they can give at that point in time. If you're hesitant, give what you can uh, with a open hands and a grateful heart. Be a part of something exciting that will happen in the next 25 years.
Do you see how the wind of the Spirit has been blowing a spirit of generosity through this church for 25 years? And when it got to the end of that video, and it just kind of had that, here's what happened, here's what happened, here's what happened. I just now felt myself experiencing this emotion that honestly, y'all, I've experienced several times as we've been praying through this and preparing for this. And, and, and here's what it is for me. I, I just want to be really personal with you for a minute. I wasn't here when those 35 families gave that $75,000 for the first facility investment of this church. I wasn't here a few years later when a few hundred people gave the money necessary to move us onto our Brentwood campus. I wasn't here when the generosity of this body allowed us to start the Franklin campus 11 years ago. I wasn't here for any of that. But you know what? I've benefited from it and my family has benefited from it. We, this has been our home church for the last nine years. And it's been our home church through the most formative years of the members of our family. And it hits me. We're standing on the shoulders of these people that opened their hands and just said, I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to reach into my savings. I'm going to take a step of faith. And they had no idea we'd be sitting here 25 years later. You all, we are here because of their generosity. And now it is our turn. It's our turn. I want to invite you to stand to your feet. We're, we're, we're going to sing another song, but, but before we do, I, I just want to say this. I, as I've thought about this, the, the, what God's put on my heart is, and this is true, I can't wait to give. I can't wait to give because we're investing God's money in something that's going to outlive us by a long shot. Something that will literally have eternal significance. And I'm so grateful for that. Amen.